Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, this is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. Thanks so much for joining me uh, on All Things Franchising. Uh, I'm always honored when someone spends some time out of their busy day. All of our days are very busy. Um, want to spend some time with me. So today we're talking about the pest control and market and the pest control industry. Uh, recently read an article that went like this. The U.S. pest control market is estimated to reach $16.7 billion in 2020. Um, the top, the pest control industry is expected to continue to grow because of its rising pest population, which is kind of understandable, and customers need the help from experts. And today we have one of those experts with us, and today my guest is Christopher Chapman, also known as Chappie, with FlyFo. Uh, Chappie co-founded Insight and Direct. Later joined, later joined a service as service CEO, where he helped lead product development, sales, and marketing. Today, he is the COO of Flyso, uh, which is a pestle franchise. Like it, they keep us safe, safe from disease that carry, carrying mosquitoes, and we all hear about that on the news as well, is, you know, the pest, um, the, the, the mosquitoes and the ticks, they really do carry diseases. So you have to rely upon an expert like FlyFo. So help me in welcoming Chappie to the show. Chappie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Absolutely. So, Chappie, of all of the industries out there, tell me what drew you to FlyFo. Yeah, so uh, actually we're part of a company with three different franchise brands that are all focused on field service. And uh, we originated with a company called Maypro, which is residential cleaning, as the name would suggest. And uh, we have a vision of you know building a company that has – uh, all the brands and verticals that service somebody's home and business. And as we were, you know, thinking about our second brand and uh, what was the next service that we wanted to get into, we really were attracted to the mosquito and tick control industry uh, for many reasons. You know, uh, one, you know, the business itself is uh, pretty self-contained and, you know, has a need that consumers really uh, you know, are starting to understand the value of it and the, the safety that you mentioned in, in your opening and also just the comfort of enjoying, you know, their backyard and 
their pools and being able to have dinner outside. And as we all know, as dusk appears, you know, it can be very uncomfortable to uh, enjoy that space and have to run inside until dusk is over. So uh, the, the mechanics of running the business are uh, really straightforward. The need was there. And obviously with the expertise that we have in field service, uh, it was just a natural extension to helping people around their homes, you know, so sure. cleaning the interiors and making it so they could enjoy the exteriors of their homes as well. Sure. And I live in Houston. So Chappie, we're in the middle of mosquito country here. And I totally understand how you, you know, just can't enjoy the outdoors as much as maybe in other parts of the country. So let's talk a little bit specifically about FlyFo and what, how is your service different than some of the others? What are the, some of the uh, products and services that you offer to your customers? Yeah, well, one of the things that we do is we offer choices, right? So we want to make sure that we're protecting everybody's uh, area in the way that is best suited for them. So we take a very science-based approach. Uh, You know, we do a survey of the yard, and it isn't just, you know, for us to perform the service, but also to educate uh, the homeowner on how they can help us in, in combating it, you know, take a survey of the yard, show where the problem areas are, any standing water, bird baths, you know, wheelbarrows, a lot of stuff that people don't think about, making sure that they're educated uh, on what they can do to help us in align with the service. And we also offer an all-natural organic option for those that are concerned uh, as well. So, you know, it really is an alignment with the homeowner themselves to make sure that we're providing the service to, uh, you know, combat what they're looking for us to, to help them with. Mm-hmm. And so do you have trucks that go out? Is it granular? Is it spray? Uh, what does that look like? Yeah. So everything is, you know, delivered vehicle, you know, uh, by a vehicle, by a van that's outfitted and, retrofitted to help with the backpacks and they're all backpack sprayers. So, you know, somebody will come in and pretty quickly, you know, depending on the acreage of the land and and the density of the shrubbery and the the forest around them, uh, you know, most services can take anywhere from about 10 to to 20 minutes uh, and it's all delivered via backpack sprayer. Mm -hmm. Um, We hear so much about Lyme disease these days, and and that is strictly linked to to ticks. And you know, Chappie, I grew up kind of in the country, and it was nothing for us to end up with a tick at the end of the day. But they're more; it's more dangerous today. So we have to be more proactive, don't we? Absolutely, and it and you know the service that we provide actually. Uh, assists, you know, in the prime and and for many areas of the country right now, we are in kind of that prime season. Most people think of the summer, uh, you know, kind of being where you need our service. But really, you know, coming into spring and and especially here in the fall, you know, Uh that is prime tick season. Uh, You Uh know, so for us to educate folks that, you know, really 
get, helping us set that barrier up in the spring and then, you know, making sure that we've got that barrier reinforced in the fall is really a key component. And, you know, it, it's something that is prevalent, you know, many parts in this country. I happen to be up here in Boston, in the Northeast, and, you know, we're in prime tick season right now. And having that, you know, barrier, you know, around your property to protect, you know, yourself and your pets and, and your children from the diseases that are, you know, carried by the ticks is essential at this time of year. Mm-hmm. You talk about it being a barrier. So how often would someone need to use your service to maintain that barrier? Yeah, like I said before, really we want to make sure that that barrier is up early, uh, you know, at the, the beginning of the season, and that kind of lays it out. And then obviously while we're out there every few weeks, you know, handling the the mosquito issues, we can kind of review, make sure that barrier is there uh, and maintain it during the season. And then once again, totally reinforce it in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you don't just spray once and they're gone uh, because it they're always out there just waiting for you to let your guard down, aren't they? Yeah, and, you know, obviously the effectiveness and, and weather plays a key component as well. Uh, you know, obviously the more rain, and you know, kind of dilutes the products and the barriers that are there protecting you and your family, uh, you know, which is why we do come out every few weeks and, and reinforce that barrier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit, Chappie, about what the franchise opportunity looks like. So... When when I'm looking specifically at FlyFo, are you looking for prospective franchisees who have had uh, experience in the pest control industry? Well, obviously, operators that are looking to start their own business, they have the technical knowledge out of the gate and have a little bit of a head start. But the reality is we're just looking for good, smart, hardworking people with some intellectual, you know, horsepower and some work ethic that want to control their own destiny and, and be their own boss and employ other people and be a great place, you know, for employees to work at. So, you know, while there might be a little bit of educational head start, really anybody, you know, that has that intellectual horsepower and work ethic can be successful in this industry. And then and that's why they look to a franchisor, right? That's our job. Right. is to help them with all the tools and everything that they couldn't do from starting from scratch, you know, being the website and the software and the educational know-how to do it and the marketing, you know, if you look at, you know, our Flyfolk's a very unique and, uh, you know, compelling brand that attracts people's attentions with its kind of color and neatness and, uh, you know, freshness to it. So it literally, you know, as we all kind of say, it's a business in a box. It's getting all that mm-hmm. that power and the 50 people that, you know, we've got in Boston to support you and, and guide you along the way. That's, that's, you know, what the head start of a franchise really gives that, you know, is, is quite a barrier for somebody to just start their own business, with, you know, by purchasing a van and then, you know, trying to go out and succeed in the business. We've got that proven success. We've got the proven model. We've got the branding. We've got the marketing. We've got the, you know, franchise and software support system that, you know, allows you to just do the mechanics of the business with the support model behind you to help you succeed. 
Yeah, definitely. So if, when someone comes in and they don't have experience in the industry, I know you talked a little bit about training. What does what is the franchisee? Uh, what does a brand new franchisee need to know about the training that FIFO offers? Yeah, it really runs the full gamut, right? You know, most franchisees, well, they might have been in a, a corporate position or, you know, had some management experience. The reality is they've never run their own business, and, that, and that's really mm-hmm. where we step in. And, and it's not just educating them about performing the service. That's, you know, probably 2% of it. You know, it really is the other 98% of what it takes to be, you know, a business owner. Uh, like I said before, the marketing, the mechanics of running the business day-to-day, educating them how to interact and treat customers and employees and really, you know, how it, what it takes to run a business from A to Z. That is the educational process. And it starts today, you know, they, they sign uh, the franchise agreement and obviously help them all the way through. With some states, there's some licensing and regulations that, you know, you need to uh, put in place in order to even operate this business. And then, you know, kind of the marketing plan on how they're going to get consumers educated and offer their services out there, the website to attract people to, to help them through the sign-up process. We have a national sales center that interacts with the, you know, people that raise their hand and say, I'm interested in service, guides them through the selling process. And then we hand them the customer and say, okay, make this customer happy by providing them the service that we've educated you to perform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, when and one of the first things that a brand new franchisee is concerned about, of course, is getting new business. And it sounds like you help them in the beginning to get new business. Um, do you also help them in finding those referral partners and others in the area that would be a good source for them? Yeah, I mean, we really help them the full gamut. Um, so it, it, it's more than just finding, you know, the customers. We have a, a very dedicated and specialized support team here at headquarters, one of them being the marketing coach. And, and with this business, that's one of the most important support efforts that we can, you know, give them is to lay out, okay, understanding of their territory and the, the consumers that are available, you know, to find business with. So, you know, we've got a lot of software and uh, technology that we utilize to really find the, you know, the psycho and demographics of their territory, right? Not every uh, land is created equal, right? And the, the people that live there and, and the hot points and the services they're looking for are all different. So we utilize, you know, a consumer educational service and software program that kind of analyzes who the customers are, where they are, and then we build a marketing plan, uh, you know, multifaceted marketing plan with them and help them execute it. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, we have a sales center that then handles the incoming calls and web leads that come in, sign them up for service, and then hand them over to them to perform the customer service at that point. Sure. So um, as we're we're talking about this, for a brand-new franchisee, what would they be looking at when they launch? Do you rec- Is it a brick-and-mortar? How many employees do you uh, suggest that they have right off the bat? What are some of the things they'd be looking at? 
Yeah, and that is one of the attractive things about this industry and and five home in particular. You know, it, it doesn't take a lot, you know, to launch. And it really depends on what the goals are, you know, of the individual that's starting the business. Um, but in general, you know, they can be the owner-operator. There is no brick and mortar that is needed. All of our technology supports, you know, kind of the van being the moving office, if you will. Uh, you know, so with a, you know, data connection, they can use a tablet and a, you know, a laptop computer to actually run their business in the van and interact with our sales center back at the home office. All of our technology is cloud-based, uh, you know, so they're seeing in real time as customers are being signed on and added to the service. And, you know, we've got a route optimization uh, component that's built into our software system that runs their business that allows them to be as efficient as possible. Uh, you know, so startup costs are real low. Uh, you know, they can actually, you know, start off themselves without any employees and get to the point of profitability and start adding employees and additional, you know, trucks and vans from that point. So it's mm-hmm. one of the extremely attractive things about FIFO is that it is, you know, there isn't a lot of startup needs and employees and costs that are associated with it you can ramp up quickly, you know, to profitability and then start building your personal empire from there, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, here's the question that everybody wants to know. Um, for the you, you that are listening to the recording of this show, I just want to let you know it's September the 22nd of 2020. So when I say that, Chappie, how has the pandemic, impacted your franchisees and what have y'all been able to do to support them during this time? Yeah, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because obviously this year has been one like uh, no other before it, right? And especially right. small business owners. I mean, I think we've seen throughout the country, a lot of small businesses really struggling. And unfortunately, a, a lot of them have failed, uh, you know, since March. And, you know, we, like I mentioned, we have three different field service companies, one being a residential cleaning, one being an exterior, and then the Mosquito and Tick Control. And the Mosquito and Tick Control really was not affected at all because there wasn't a lot of human interaction anyways. It's a single person coming into the backyard and the exterior. They're fully masked even when, you know, before the pandemic uh, for their own protection while they're mm-hmm. spraying. Um, and, you know, if anything... We're all living and working out of our homes more than ever. So, mm-hmm. you know, the protection in that backyard became a lot of people's, we call them staycations, right? I mean, not a right. lot of travel is occurring, and a lot of people's backyards became their vacation spots and their haven, you know, to be able to get outside. Um, right. So there was very, very little effect on the business. I mean, uh, you know, beginning of March, I think the whole world went into kind of hibernation and shock for a couple of weeks. But, uh, it, you know, the pandemic for this uh, service and, and, you know, for Flyfield had very little effect at all. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, again about some of the other brands. Let's talk about that just a little bit, Chappie, because um, what I run into as a broker, what I run into is people that think that they want to expand. So they've had a franchise for a couple of years now, two or three years, it's doing well. And they think expansion is to just buy another territory, which that is certainly an option. 
but tell me about how you really help your franchisees to see a bigger picture by bundling some of the the brands that you guys offer. Yeah, great question. And and it's really one of our goals as an organization. And one of the things that we did see, you know, so we have Maypro, which is a residential cleaning uh, service. We have Men in Kilts, which, you know, delivers window cleaning, gutter cleaning, pressure washing, exterior home services. And we have FIFO, which is Mosquito and Ticket Troll. And, you know, the most mature brand that's been, you know, around for 20 years is Maypro. And obviously we have a lot of owners there that have multi-locations. And there's challenges that start to happen as you grow away from your home office, right. your home base, if you will, right? You start going 100 mm-hmm. miles away into different states. You know, there's challenges that occur there. The beautiful thing about having kind of a multi-brand is you're servicing the same customer, right? Getting larger wallet share with that cross-promotional. You've already earned their trust with that first service that you've come in. And you can manage and share the economies of scale of having multiple companies utilize the same kind of location, the same infrastructure, mm-hmm. same staff, mm-hmm. you know, same office management staff, same customer service representative staff. So it's a lot easier to manage multiple companies servicing the same 30 40 mile territory which is typical for you know a field service business where you're going in and servicing homes and and local businesses so there's a lot of advantages to kind of centralizing and having multiple brands all you know kind of serving that same location territory and customer base yeah absolutely you know i've always said chappie that um someone that has a product or service that that services specifically the residential um, community out there should really look for other services that their client uses. And if their client is using it with someone else and you have a good reputation with them and a good uh, relationship with them, wouldn't it be natural that you just say, oh, by the way, we're doing this now. So do you teach your uh, franchisees that concept? Yeah, and and, and it actually comes just naturally as well, right? When you yeah. establish yeah. trust with consumer, you, you know, our, our owners of all brands are always getting asked, hey, do you do this or do you know somebody yep. that does this other service for my house, right? Because you've established mm-hmm. that trust and they're allowing you into their home and you know, that, that that is one of the things with, you know, kind of what we do is there is a different level of trust. They're not buying a product where they come to your store and then go home with it. You know, they're actually allowing you into their castle, right? You're going over the right. moat when you are a service company and, and servicing people's homes and their, you know, offices and their business. There's a different level of trust. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the reasons why, you know, we have this vision to be a multiple, you know, service company is because we're always getting asked, like, oh, okay, yeah. you clean my home. Somebody that cleans carpets, you know, somebody cleans windows, you know, somebody does yeah. mosquito control, uh, and vice versa. It's just a natural extension of that trust that, you know, our owners have established with their customers. Yeah, and it's good to also cross-educate your uh, your team of technicians to keep an eye out for uh, so if they are cleaning you know they are the made pros maybe they keep a, an eye out for an opportunity for flyfo so it really is a great knit 
and a great way to provide your customer with the products or the services that they need without really going much further than, you know, what you're doing every day, right? Yeah, especially when a lot of the, you know, think about home services, a lot of them have to do with safety, right? Yep. And the, the safety of the people that are living that dwelling, our, our kids, our pets, our family, you know. So yep. absolutely when you go by and it's like, hey, you know, we can take care of that for you. It is just, you know, a, a very natural conversation to have with somebody. Right, exactly. And it feels like it doesn't feel very salesy by doing that. So uh, that that takes some of the fear out of it for those, uh, especially those new franchisees. Chabby, we're down to uh, where I need to take a commercial break. Do you happen to have some stories that you could share with us when we come back from break? Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Um, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with more from FlyFro. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Jest Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We are talking about the pest control market out there. And uh, Chappie, when we broke for commercial break, I asked if you happen to have some stories. Do you have anything you can share with us? Yeah, and I think it goes back a little bit to the conversation that we were having before, right, about, well, what does it take to be successful and and run this business and the mechanics, if you will, of the day-to-day. You know, we have uh, weekly, uh, you know, kind of community-wide sessions with the owners where we have some of the key folks here at the home office and all the owners on and kind of just, you know, weekly check-ins and status of the business and uh, initiatives that we're doing. And, you know, some of the uh, FIFO owners actually own Maypros as well. And, you know, as we were talking about, you know, kind of that multiple owners all in one territory. And, you know, I remember early in the first year, I think we were about a month into the first season 
And, you know, the Maypro owners kind of talking to themselves about just the differences between running the business, right, and the mechanics that go into the daily operations and just how much lighter it was than, you know, they were used to because, you know, obviously in that industry, there's a lot of interaction with the customers and specific instructions. And, you know, when you're in somebody's home and you're touching everything that's in there, it's, it's a lot different. And the, the lightweightness mm-hmm. of the operations of a fly boat, they were kind of like, I don't get it. You know, I have a hundred customers now here. I am a month in and uh, like, I barely feel like I'm running a business, you know, because the difference wow. is, is just, lighter it's like they're on the schedule go into their backyard every few weeks you you perform the service you do uh what you want to do in a, in a quality way but it, it's almost eerily quiet for them if you will because the interactions with the customers the special instructions and everything that goes in and the amount of employees right i mean for most of them that first season they were all on our operators as well so it was like Hey, a couple of days a week, I get into my van, right? I go out and I perform the service for 20 or so folks in a day. And there we go. I'm done. And, you know, I'm not interacting. I've charged their credit card at the end of the day. It just feels like, it's like, am I really running a business? You know, in right. it's, we're always mm-hmm. find that, you know, really enlightening. And it is one of the really attractive things about FLIFO is that, mm-hmm. you know, you can have, Many, many more customers with a lot lighter weight touch uh, as far as, you know, what it takes to do the operations of it. So I could see where having uh, FlyFo and MadePro would be really two great businesses to have because, one, I don't want it to sound like there's no work, but for FlyFo, you could almost put it on an autopilot type of thing, especially if you've got good technicians out in the field. And then with MadePro, it's going to call, um, going to require a little bit more handling around that. So those would be two great complementary businesses. Yeah, they absolutely are. And like, you know, I said before, the shared infrastructure also just, you know, allows the economy of scale. So your costs just go down because you can utilize the same resources, mm-hmm. same computers, you know, same office space. I mean, literally all of that, you know, now just gets lowered for each one of the business for the operating expenses, uh, you know, and, and the, the customer, you know, uh, size of what you can handle, you know, with one van, one truck, one person, you know, really, you know, can scale up to 150 or so clients before you need to start adding other resources, uh, you know, which is very unusual for a field service business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, we're getting close to the end of the show, Chappie. If someone's listening and they want to know more about FlyFo or MadePro um, or any of the other brands that, that you represent, how would they get in touch with you? How would they find out more information? Yeah, the the Internet is always the best place to start your research, right? So flyfofranchise.com, madeprofranchise.com, meninkiltsfranchise.com is the best way to start. Um, but, you know, with everything, you, know, you always want to do research and not just look at our website. And I think you'll see our company, you know, one of the things that we really 
uh, you know, hang our hat on is, is our relationships with our franchisees. So as you start doing that research and look at Franchise Business Review and Inc. and Forbes and Entrepreneur, you're going to see our name come up a lot. Franchisee satisfaction, best business to own, best business for women to own. I mean, we're in a lot of different categories, uh, you know, and our success really breeds on the quality and the relationship that we have with our franchisees. We're not just giving you a business. It is a business partnership and relationship that is so important. And, you know, we have so many resources at our, you know, headquarters and our home office staff that, you know, the success is goes both ways. We're only as successful as a company as our franchisees are with running their businesses. So very symbiotic relationship that we invest a lot in to support staff uh, to make sure that the franchisees are getting more than just a brand and some education, they're getting a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and folks, this what what Chappie is saying is so important. I know in the beginning of the process, you're looking at brands, you're looking at industries, you're looking at whether it fits into your lifestyle or not. But really, if you've got a good, strong leadership team. That overpowers any industry. So if you've got a good leadership team with your franchisor, then you could be very successful no matter what the industry is. It, the industry may not have even been your first choice. It may not have been in your list of top ten. It doesn't matter. They can help to make you successful. So keep that in mind. So Chappie, we're down to those final three questions here. The first one is, if there's someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for this process? I think you've touched on that, but let's hear you a little bit more. Yeah, I think the and this is just good advice for any business, right, is to have a kind of a vision and a long-term goal, what you're looking to achieve, right? Is, you know, and, and I always ask this in every discovery day and tour that we do with a potential franchisee. It's like, if I ask you five years from now that, you know, have you achieved what you were looking to do? And you, the answer is yes. Well, what does that mean? And that means different things for everybody, right? Some people are looking for lifestyle, uh, ability to have the flexibility to be with their family and friends. Some people are looking at a certain amount of money. Some people are looking for a legacy to hand off to their kids. It really is important to have, you know, kind of that short, mid, and long-term goals, right? One, and this is true for any franchisee, is like, okay, here's what I have to invest. And for most folks, it is their nest egg, right? You know, I'm a poker player. I call it, you know, you're putting all your chips in the middle of the table, and, you know, understanding, okay, how quickly does it need to replace, you know, what it takes to feed the family and pay the bills and, you know, and then long term, what are you, what are you really looking to achieve? What is your success criteria? So that's first and foremost, is making sure that you have that mapped out. Because it has to align with the business that you eventually get into, right? And then two, yeah, yeah I think what you just said is very important. I think people uh, don't really realize it, but make sure that the partner that you chose that you choose not only is aligned in helping you to achieve your success criteria, but is somebody that you can trust, has established, you know, reputation and proven success, right? And it is one of the things. About, you know, has changed drastically over the last 10, 15 years. There is no hiding 
look at, you know, the people that you choose to partner with, their history and what they've done, and most importantly, talk to their franchisees. Are their yeah, franchisees, definitely. did they make a good choice? Did they get the success criteria? Do they feel like the, you know, folks at the home office care about them and support them in the way that they need to? You know, it it is there is a royalty fee that comes with a franchise, right? So make sure you're getting what you pay for, I think is probably mm-hmm. the best way to put it. And, you know, Chappie, I believe that that is becoming more important. And those are questions that will we will hear more um, going forward. Uh, I don't think that that may not have been the top question a year ago. But after what we've been through, I think now the franchisees, prospective franchisees, um, are looking at how did you help your franchisees during the pandemic? And that's a question they're going to be asking the franchisees. Did you feel supported? So I think you bring up a really good point there. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. It's like, you know, I think we were all presented anybody in business in the last year with one of the biggest challenges, you know, and I've been in business almost 30 years now with ever presented um, you know, you could talk about you know, the tech bubble and the housing crisis and the recessions that, you know, have been in the cycles for the last 30 years. But this was, an ex- you know, something like we've never seen before for all businesses right. and a lot of businesses have failed in the last year. So, yeah, if you're the proof is in the pudding, right? Yeah. What did these yeah. do? The leadership do? What did the community do? You know, so it's not just falls on us as a leadership of the, the franchisor. Really, how did the franchisees, are they family? Did they help each other? Right. That's yeah. the other part. They always say that all the time. Like, well, we're only half the support. The other support is all the other owners and making sure that you're sharing best practices and have each other's back. You know, yeah. that's just a, you don't want to be an owner on a silo with just a brand. You're really joining an organization for all of that. You know, mm-hmm. franchisor mm-hmm. and the other owners all mm-hmm. need to be aligned. Mm-hmm. I, I think this and that's year, what that's I what say to it. those individuals that think that uh, they can do this on their own. Um, this, the last six months, should prove to most of the solopreneurs out there, you know, the ones with a truck and a sprayer, that they can't do it on their own. It's very difficult for one person to know um, all the ins and outs. So, uh, folks, when you're thinking about looking at franchising, just know that you are buying into a very deep well of knowledge and leadership that it would take you decades to get on your own. Why would you want to wait decades to be successful? That's why I say franchising is really a great model. So let's get off to the the next question here, Chappie, and I know that you've mentioned a couple of these uh, before, and that is what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? Yeah, and I always say, you know, kind of intellectual horsepower and flexibility, right? And and I don't mean that book smarts or street smarts or anything, but really, you know, the emotional intelligence that it takes, right? You can't get too high with the highs. You can't get too low with the lows. And you've got to have good connection, you know, with folks and, and trust you, right? 
Customers mm-hmm. need to trust you and know that you've got their back. Your employees need to know that they can trust you and you have your back. And that's, you know, just business 101. And and you got to have work ethic, right? If it was easy, everybody would do it, you know. And I think, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, had one of the better quotes I think I've ever heard about, you know, business ownership and entrepreneurship. And he said, you know, you got to have a little insanity to you, right? Goals and barriers that you're going to have, they quit. Right. Yeah. You got to be able to to not quit and and just yeah. jump over every one of those hurdles and obstacles. And you know, as you get through that other side, it is a, a life that you can't imagine. Um, you know, the, the, all the rewards that you get, but you earn it. There is no, mm-hmm. you know, this is not a quick fix. You want you need to establish your company, get everything, you know, in ba- in place. It's very scary. You know, when there's not a paycheck there every Friday and you have to build a business to have that financial viability, right? It's not security. Mm -hmm. You give up a little of that security, put a couple of years of hard work in, but, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, you ask those people that fight through those obstacles and get there, and they can't imagine ever going back to that life before. Right. Right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right on that. So it's just about persistence just about um, staying in line, staying in the game, um, because it will pay off, especially if you do the hard work. So the final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like? Yeah, that's a really good and interesting question, right? Because it could go many different ways, you know. I, and I think we've seen this, and it goes a little bit, you know, like you were saying, do the research you know, of the team and the franchise organization that you're looking to join. And I think it goes back the other way as well. You know, for us as franchisors, it is so important to pick the right people that fit your niche, your culture, right? And I think one of the the biggest mistakes I think franchisors make is it's all about sales, right? Sales in the Mm -hmm. vacuum. Sell as much as I can and get as much territory, and that is like the depth of a franchise organization. Yep. Both franchisor and the franchisees. No, I mean the truth is every company has its own culture, um, you know. And you know, I'll just take us for example. We don't fit for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're we've got our own niche and our own and our own folks, and I think it's evident by our owners. You know, we have all walks of life. Like I said, for us, it really is. Uh, you know, do you have some intellectual horsepower? Do you have some more ethic? Do you have the desire? Do you have, you know, a little people component? And, you know, are you willing to go that, that extra mile? And if so, mm-hmm. your background and what you did doesn't really matter, right? That's the secret mm-hmm. sauce, and, and we can make it work. And most most importantly, and this goes both ways, you know, when you meet your franchisor and the leadership team and when we meet a potential franchisee, you know, ask yourself one question, you know, and, and this fits very apropos for what we do in our industries, but is this somebody that I would trust in my home, that I would invite my home, and that I want to spend time with, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to spend a lot of time with the people in your in your franchise organization, both the people at the home office and the other owners. You know, are these people that you want to spend time with? Are you going to mm-hmm. enjoy spending time with them? And if the answer is yes, you probably found your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because folks, just like Chappie had said, is that you're going to have to work at this. 
you don't get awarded, and I say awarded a franchise, that, and it, some people have the misconception that if they can write the check, they get the franchise, but the franchise are awarded. So just like he's saying, it has to be a right fit. And I have seen tension rates with franchisors that are at 20%. So let me tell you what that means. That means, for one, I would never show that brand because my client that's sitting in front of me has an 80% chance of failure. And they attribute that low retention rate to exactly what you were saying, Chappie. They chose the wrong franchisees. They just they, they um, awarded franchises to anyone that could write the check. And it's important to know that you have to understand the culture. You have to feel comfortable with that. If not, that's okay. Nobody's going to get their feelings hurt. It just wasn't the right fit. So Chappie, if somebody's listening right now, one more time, how would they find out more about FlyFo, Men in Kilts, Made Pro? How would they find out more? Yeah, very easily. Go on the internet, and you can obviously do you know research outside our websites. But our websites are a great place to start. You know, flyfofranchise.com, meninkiltsfranchise.com, and man and madeprofranchise.com. Great place to start. And then you know there are so many resources centered around franchising, which is great. You know, Franchise Business Review, Entrepreneur, Forbes. Everybody spends a lot of time on business within this niche uh, for obvious reasons. You know, America is built on small businesses and franchising is a great way, you know, for a uh, entrepreneur to go into business for themselves and become a small business owner here in America. So lots of resources there. Visit our websites and, you know, we really look forward to having conversations with you and seeing if we're a right fit. Very good. Chappie again, thanks for being on the show today. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate your time, and thank you for uh, having us. Absolutely. So, folks, I always leave you with a quote. So here's my quote today. This is by uh, Simone Biles. She is the gymnast, remember? Her quote is, I don't do bugs. You know, I have to agree with her. I don't do bugs either, but I know someone that does. Flyfo can help you with that. Thanks so much for being on the show today, folks. See you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.